My name is John. I'm one of the pastors here. And we're continuing this series called Redemption. And we're talking about the ways that God saves us. And we're looking at some examples from the Bible of God's saving power in the lives of people. Last week, we looked at the prophet Jeremiah, who told us, uh, taught us how we need to be like that soft clay in God's hands so that God can take us and mold us and shape us into the people that he has created us to be. And, and this week, I want to take a look at the life, actually, of another prophet from the Old Testament. This prophet's name is Hosea. And Hosea had a very powerful prophetic ministry. He also had a very difficult life. Sometimes prophets were called to, to live out their message, not just to speak it, but to actually live it out. And Hosea was called to do this in some pretty crazy ways. And uh, we're going to look at that. One thing I want to mention as we begin, um, the, the nature of this text is a bit PG-13, uh, so parents, I just want you to be aware of that. Uh, if you're watching online or whatnot, you might scan the first couple chapters of Hosea, um, or just discern if it's the right thing for, for children in your family, um, but it's the, the content of the passage can be a bit that way. You know, friends, God... The Bible tells us that God himself is love. Not just that God does love us, he does, but he himself is love. 1 John chapter 4 says, We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. I like that. Not just that God loves, but God is love. It's like God can't help himself. It's like God is himself is love, and so his position towards you and me and the whole world is always loving. It's always loving. It's a holy love, a love that calls us closer to himself, a love that calls us to follow him, a love that calls us to live in the way that he's called us to live because it's the best way. It's the best way, for he's the one who has created us. Now, God is, since he loves you so much, he knows everything about you, and he still chooses to love you. Isn't that amazing? Like the one who knows everything, all the bad stuff about us, he still loves us fully. He knows us better than we love ourselves, and he still loves us fully. Now, Hosea, he lived about 750 years before Jesus was born, and, and he received this assignment. Like I said, prophets, remember, they're people whose job it is to listen to the voice of God and then share the voice of God with others, but they didn't always just do that through word. That was part of it. Sometimes they would do it through lifestyle. Sometimes God would call them to live it out, and nobody had it worse than Hosea. Nobody had a tougher assignment than what he had as his life became this really crazy and obnoxious object lesson. Hosea chapter 1 verse 2, you'll see what I mean. When the Lord first began speaking to Israel through Hosea, God said to him, Go and marry a prostitute so that some of her children will be conceived in prostitution. This will, this will illustrate how Israel has acted like a prostitute by turning against the Lord and worshiping other gods. <laughs> Imagine how that prayer time went. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> you, you, you want me to marry who? Like, this is my life you're messing with, God. 
this is not just some story. This is my life. You want me to actually go and marry a prostitute. God was serious. This marriage would illustrate Israel's relationship with God. For while God has faithfully loved Israel, God has saved her, redeemed her from Egypt, all of these things, God has called her, set her apart, Israel continues to run away from God, to at best oscillate between love for God and and following idols. And sometimes it was pretty much just following the idols. And this is where Israel often lived. Now, we might ask ourselves, well, why? Okay, so this is a lot to take in. Uh, why would somebody, why would somebody want to be a prostitute, right? Like, why? Why would that be? Well, if we look back historically, it's not a job that people would choose. It's not a job anyone would aspire for themselves or their children or anybody like that, right? It's a job that people do out of desperation because there's a need to, to eat, there's a need to have money, there's a need to survive. And in Hosea's day, unfortunately, the, the power structure was different. It was not, not necessarily good or not good, but uh, women had fewer job options than they have today. And that's not the way that God wanted it, but it's the way that it was at this time. And so Hosea, or in Hosea's day, if a woman found herself unexpectedly widowed or divorced, there were options, but they were not many. And sometimes women would turn to prostitution because there just weren't many options to provide for themselves. That doesn't make it right, but it's important to understand how people end up in this kind of situation. So when Hosea married Gomer, he was redeeming her, if you will. He was saving her from this life of prostitution. For before she had to do these things in order to put food on the table, to have a roof over her head, but now... She's marrying a guy with a legit job. Being a prophet was a vocation. It was a little like my job, different in certain ways. But this was a job that people would do. They would make money doing. It it provided for themselves and their family. So now she's got food on the table. She's got a roof over her head. She's got clothing. She's got all these things because of the work of the prophet Hosea. So her life is saved, it's been turned around, it's been, it's been changed because of this. It's, it's really an incredible thing. It's a little tough for us, this story, it's, it's so big, it's a little tough to grasp the magnitude of it. So I want to illustrate it today using a movie. We're going to watch just a few clips from this. It's a movie uh, back from the 1990s, it's called Forrest Gump. It's You've probably seen it, some of you. It's uh, probably one of the best storytelling movies ever written. And there's a lot of parallels here with Hosea. Uh, Forrest is an interesting character. He is, he's a guy who uh, is a very simple-minded man who almost by accident is incredibly, just wildly successful at virtually everything he does, right? He, he goes 
to fight in the, in the Vietnam War, and he receives the Medal of, of Honor. He becomes a ping pong player and thus a world champion ping pong player. He starts a shrimp business, becomes a multimillionaire. He, uh, in, he becomes a world-class investor. He runs for about three years back and forth across America. He, in doing so, he becomes this like pop icon who inspires t-shirts and bumper stickers and all these kinds of things. But there's one thing above all these things that Forrest does, and he does with more intensity than any of these things. He loves a girl named, that's, some of you didn't say it right, named, there we go. I can't say it right, so I'll let you say it right. But he loves a girl named Jenny, right? He loves her so very much. So, and, and this love, it starts off from their earliest of days in childhood. Forrest has this problem that he has kids who pick on him a lot at school. And Jenny stands up for Forrest. She's there for him. Also, Jenny has a problem. She, her, her mother has passed away, and she's being raised by an alcoholic, abusive, terrible man. And Forrest is there for her in her difficult times, too. Let's check this out. Now, remember how I told you that Jenny never seemed to want to go home? Well, she lived in a house that was always Alabama. Her mama had gone up to heaven when she was five, and her daddy was some kind of a farmer. Jenny? He was a very loving man. He was always kissing and touching her and her sisters. And then this one time, Jenny wasn't on the bus to go to school. Jimmy, why don't you come to school today? Shh. Dad is taking a nap. Jenny! Come on! Jenny! Where's your rod to? You better get back here, girl! Where are you at? Mama always said that God is mysterious. He didn't turn Jenny into a bird that day. Instead, he had the police say Jenny didn't have to stay in that house no more. She went to live with her grandma just over on Creekmore Avenue, which made me happy because she was so close. So this is how their relationship begins. Years later, a uh, a gap builds between Jenny and Forrest. He loves her perfectly and faithfully. She, on the other hand, routinely leaves him to enter into relationships that are often very self-destructive, painful, abusive, dysfunctional. At one point, he learns that she has gone to work in, in a strip club, and he goes there, and he confronts guys who are mistreating her, and he attempts to rescue her from, from this life, but instead, she, she runs away. 
You can't keep doing this, Forrest. You can't keep trying to rescue me all the time. They was trying to grab you. A lot of people try to grab me. You, you can't keep doing this all the time. I can't help it. I love you. Forrest, you don't know what love is. You remember that time we prayed, Forrest? We prayed for God to turn me into a bird so I could fly far, far away. Yes, I do. You think I could fly off this bridge? Promise me something, okay? Just if you're ever in trouble, don't try to be brave. You just run, okay? Just run away. Okay. Jenny, I write you all the time. like that she was gone you know that may be one of the best depictions of sin that Hollywood has ever come up with you have the love of God right here always pursuing you never giving up on you Grace, provenient grace, that grace that goes before, it never, ever gives up on you. It never abandons you. It never leaves you. And what is, what is her response to that grace? She runs off with any random guy she can find. First truck that goes by. That's sin. God loves you so much. God is love. It's the most amazing love that we could ever experience. It's the love that draws us continually back closer and closer to him. And when we choose sin, we, we get in any random thing we could do other than the will of God. Our response to God's love is often that, just pushing it away, running away from it. And we don't even realize what we're doing sometimes. We don't even realize the, the foolishness of the choice. It, it seems logical. We get scared. We get whatever it is. We, we don't feel we can live up to God's standards. We don't, we're not motivated to do so. Whatever it may be, we just get in the truck and we go. Sometimes we even look at God's love and say, God, you, you don't know what love is. The way that you call me to live, the way that you call me to be, that's, 
that's, that's not the way I want to be. I, I know better. I know better. That's sin. Hosea knew what this pain was like. He and it, it, while he was married to Gomer, there was three children conceived, and you might think that things went pretty well for a while, but quite frankly, they didn't. Although she was married to Hosea, although she has everything that she needs because of this marriage, she does the absolute unthinkable. She returns to prostitution, cheating on her husband. The one who loved her, who redeemed her, who saved her, she goes right back to it. Chapter 2, she's a shameless prostitute and became pregnant in a shameful way. She said, I'll run after other lovers and sell myself to them for food and water, for clothing of wool and linen, for olive oil and drinks. Verse 8, she doesn't even realize it was I who gave her everything she has, the grain, the new wine, the olive oil. I even gave her silver and gold, but she gave all my gifts to Baal, God says. You took every good thing I gave you, and you give it to an idol. God says, I gave you life, I gave you this land, I gave you everything you've got, and you take this stuff, and you offer it to fake idols that don't do anything for you. That's sin. That's sin. And not only that, it shows how much sin hurts God. You see, we, we, sometimes we look at God as this like distant being up there that, hey, whatever we do, doesn't really matter. Oh, no, friends. God loves you so much. Forrest watching that truck pull away is just a teeny tiny picture of God's love for you. Gomer brings shame on her husband, brings pain into his life. It seems that Gomer is always running back to this life, that Jenny is always running back. He's run, she's running back into the worst of situations. Jenny finds herself in lots of, of trouble. While Forrest is away at Vietnam uh, fighting, he wins the medal, or he earns the Medal of Honor. And Jenny, ironically, is dating abusive men who are war protesters, right? It's like opposite ends of the spectrum. Forrest comes back. He confronts her abusers, and then he does the unthinkable. He takes this medal of honor, this highest honor, and he places it on her, the war protester, the one who's standing against what he's doing. It's a love that doesn't make sense. Like Jenny, sometimes we, we get on fire for God for a few moments and we, we kind of live this way for a while, but then we oscillate back. We oscillate back to the sinful stuff, the stuff we've often done before. In one of their times where she had oscillated back towards Forrest, Forrest takes Jenny to a very a difficult and, and painful place that helps us to understand why she does what she does. Let's check this out.
sometimes I guess there just aren't enough rocks. <laughs> and it's true. Sometimes there just aren't enough rocks. There are reasons we do the things we do. There's pain. There's hurt. There's things that we've encountered or things done to us or results of choices. Nobody fully understands the pain we go through sometimes. We don't always want to do the stuff we do. It's not that we look at the love of God and just always make a logical choice to walk away. That would be insane. We don't always feel worthy or deserving. We don't always feel we can live up to the standard. We've believed a lot of lies that the devil's told us or that others have told us. There's no hope for us. God couldn't love somebody like us. Somebody who's messed all this stuff up surely couldn't be used by God. God doesn't care. God. We always ought to be careful when we look with judgment at another person because we never fully understand what's behind the actions, you know. So, God, interestingly, he didn't give up on Gomer. He called Hosea back, in fact. He would ultimately call her to return. Forrest would also return at various times to Jenny, and uh, after that scene, once again, the next day, she ran off. And... Uh, as often had happened, he wouldn't see her for a few more years. At one point, he would uh, propose to her, and it didn't go exactly as you would think. Let's check this out. Will you marry me? I'd make a good husband, Jenny. You would, Forrest. But you won't marry me. You don't want to marry me. Why don't you love me, Jenny? I'm not a smart man. But I know what love is. Years later, she would marry him. And he would care for her in her dying days as she died of, of HIV-related illness. 
Hosea 2 would be called back to Gomer. Chapter 3, the Lord said this, Go and love your wife again, even though she commits adultery with another lover. This will illustrate that the Lord still loves Israel, even though the people have turned to other gods to love and worship them. Imagine this. Hosea, the prophet, the man of God, leaves the home that his wife had already left. He goes down to the the red light district, and he looks for her. (laughs) Has anybody seen Gomer? Has any, any... Anybody see my wife around here? We're sorry. We we didn't know you were even still with her, or we wouldn't we wouldn't have, you know. Continues. So I bought her back for fifteen pieces of silver. That's not a lot, by the way five bushes of barley, and a measure of wine. It, it seems that he has walked in on a, a human trafficking auction here. That he's arrived just as his wife is to be sold into slavery. She stands here in front of these awful sleazebag men with her head down, embarrassed and ashamed. The bidding begins, and she hears a strangely familiar voice making the high bid. And she looks up, and sure enough, it's her husband. The one guy in the whole room who wouldn't need to pay, she's married to him. And once again, he sacrifices to bring her back home, to bring her back home, to redeem her. And it's at this point we realize, I am Gomer. I am Jenny. I always want to put myself, associate with myself with the good people in the story, but I'm not. I'm not. All we like sheep have gone astray. We turned every one of us to our own way. But the Lord laid on Jesus the sins of every one of us. That Jesus went to the cross. He gave his life. He paid the price that I could never pay. He gave himself for me and for you because he loves you. And although I've turned away countless times, although I've disobeyed him, I've let him down, I've failed him, he never gives up on me. He never gives up on you. His love for you is so incredible. His love is unearned, it's undeserved, and often it's unreciprocated by us. But that doesn't stop him because that's how great the Father's love is for you and for me. It's a love that is greater than we could ever imagine. That's why it says First 1 John chapter 4, this is how God showed love for us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. That is God's love. And you know, when Jesus one time was talking, 
he was talking about his mission. He said this. He said, I have come to seek and to save the lost. In other words, the Gomers, the Jennies, me, you, I've come to seek and to save the lost. But the next thing that he said, he quoted the prophet Hosea. He said, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, and acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. He quotes Hosea. It's this throwback to this old story that in reality, it's a new story. It's the story of God's love for us. And that's why we're going to gather here today at this table. Because God's love is that good. God's love is so incredibly good. And it's for every single person. But it's got to be accepted. I'm going to pray here in a moment. Because... You and I, we don't just receive this love by walking through the door. We don't just receive it because mom and dad are a Christian or because grandma and grandpa or whatever. It is actually a free choice. Just like Jenny, just like Gomer, we can choose to say yes or we can choose to walk away. And I invite you this day to say yes to the love of Jesus. It is the best decision that you could ever make. You're saying yes to a love that's always been there for you that will always be there for you. A love that would sacrifice himself for you. Maybe you've never said yes, and you can pray right along with me and make that decision right now. It's a simple prayer and a big commitment. Jesus, I want you to be my Savior and my Lord, the leader of my life. Maybe you prayed the prayer a while back, but you say, you know, I really walked away a lot. I'm not making Jesus my Lord. You could rededicate your life to him right in these moments. So come, Holy Spirit. Fill this place. Would you touch every heart? Would you draw us close to yourself, Lord? Lord, we thank you that you loved us so much that you gave your life for us. Lord, though the wages of sin is death, that your gift, your free gift is eternal life through Jesus Christ. So Jesus, I want to say yes. I need you to save me, to forgive me of my sins. I trust that when you went to the cross, you paid for John's sins. All of them. I'm going to quit trying to work my way to you. I just want to trust you. And Jesus, I want you to be the Lord, the leader of my life each and every day. This is not my life, it's yours, God. So I, I just place it in your hands. Help me to follow you more faithfully. Thank you for your love. Thank you that you gave your life for us. For Lord, you are so good and we are so thankful. We love you, Lord, and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.